0: This is Ways of Life, and I am your host, Krista Wells. I want to intro this episode with a personal story and a little context. In November of 2022, I flew to Maui and then on to the smaller island of Molokai to attend a retreat hosted by author and teacher Mirabai Starr. Now, how I came to be on that retreat is a pretty cool story in itself, but basically I was at a point of sensing the need for elder women who were on a similar spiritual path. I feel like I woke up one morning to find I had become a kind of big sister to a number of younger artists, but especially given the shifts in me over the past several years, I didn't necessarily have... Many elder sisters on that path for myself. My experience of that retreat was full of beautiful synchronicities. It was hands down one of the most life giving experiences I've ever had. I went because I was drawn to Mirabai and her work, but what I ended up getting was the privilege of being with not one, but about 15 stunning, vibrant, bold, awake open-hearted sisters. I was actually the youngest one on that retreat, except for the three younger women who were there to assist Mirabai, Willow, Megan, and Adriana. So Adriana Rizzolo uh, is this gorgeous woman with bronze skin, long dark hair, usually kind of wild looking, tattoos and a nose ring. And every morning, she gathered us outdoors for what I thought was going to be basic yoga, but was actually way more dynamic and intimate and creative and opening. We were really all kinds of women there, different ages and body types and personalities. Some of us pretty hippie chick, others fairly reserved, By the end of the first or second day, we were all moving every part of our bodies in new ways, experiencing our limbs and our torsos moving in time to this eclectic playlist, eyes closed or sometimes interacting with one another as she invited us to. I kept kind of laughing, thinking, we look like a bunch of weirdos out here. (laughs) But we were all so fine with it. It was such a magical, special time of freedom. She, Adriana, has a way of making you feel absolutely safe to be your weird and wild true self. She clearly understood there would be some self-consciousness or fear or resistance, and she just knew how to work with that. There was no shame. We were 30 or 50 or 70 years old, and every one of us was just as truly seven years old. During those movement hours, we were surprised by laughter and surprised by weeping. Things would just come up unexpectedly. Getting out of our minds and into our bodies awakened these long silenced aspects of our beings and it felt monumentally important. We closed the week with a salon time, a time for each of us to share something we'd created during the week. And everyone got a little bit dressed up. We'd been very simply dressed and makeup-free for the most part um, all week, which felt so amazing to just, just let all of that go and just be human beings without all the extra stuff. Well, one of my favorite photos is... Of Adriana putting sparkles and glitter on the eyelids of some of the older sisters as we stood on the porch before our last gathering. I saw her doing this. She asked if I wanted it, and I personally had declined the offer at first. But then I watched this the beauty of this connective moment happening between her and these other individual women. And something in me just knew I needed to say yes and let her put her fingers on my face, too. So I did. A few months later, I found myself in Ohio, California, with my dear friend Taylor Linhart. And I had to take the opportunity to meet up with Adriana again at her home there. It felt weirdly easy to be in her company like I'd known her for years. We walked and she showed me this amazing river nearby. And as we walked, she asked me to teach her a song. Now, this was another gift she and Willow and Megan gave me during our time together on Molokai. They sang. They love to sing. They love to sing together. And their voices are offered up joyfully and calmly and Communally, There was no self-consciousness, no agenda, no performance. It was just, again, girls singing together. And having been involved in the music business as long as I have, I just would find myself weeping over the purity of this offering, the goodness of it. Something in me just wanted to get back to that. And it was a transformative moment. In my work to be with them. So there we were walking in Ohio, and I can't even recall now what song I gave to her on that walk, but it was some simple chorus I'd heard. And she picked it up right away and started singing it. And she was walking in front of me, and we sang it loudly together on this walk in the hills on repeat. It was just a short chorus and we sang it over and over again like it couldn't possibly get tired or old no matter how many miles we carried it. It was amazing. It was like children. It was like being children again. Adriana is a remarkable woman, unafraid of the sound of her own voice, unafraid of her body and its feelings and desires and appearance, unafraid of questions, unafraid of authenticity at any cost. In fact, I'd say she couldn't bear anything less. She offers her life experiences and all they've given her in loving service to the world. And that inspires me. After our walk, we had just a few minutes to sit at her table and talk. So I pulled out my portable recorder and captured this short conversation. I hope as you listen, you'll hear something that touches and opens you to live authentically and freely the life that you have been given to live. Hi. (laughs) It's so good to be in your house, in your actual home. Yeah. And uh, we just went down to the river and you immersed yourself. Um, I would expect nothing less from you (laughs) to jump in that cold water while i waited cautiously in. (laughs) But um, that says, I actually wanted to share that because that image to me says so much about who you are and the way you live and the way you embrace life and experience. Um, I'm curious because I haven't asked you this before. I know that you spent a lot of years in India Mm -hmm. for a number of years. Was there something that Sent you on a mission on a quest towards aliveness, was it a moment in your mm. in your life, or was were you just always a person who was hungering and mm. sensing there was more and it's yeah. just a slow expansion?
1: I think both mm. uh, I also feel like a responsibility as somebody who facilitates people's expansion to kind of name how both are true oftentimes, okay, because Great. we tend to share you know peak experiences and not everybody has those, at least initially. I mean, if you live long enough, I think you have some kind of peak experience of loss, you know? And mine definitely began with a stronger moment of it began with the loss of my father. When I was 24, we buried him on my 25th birthday and he always struggled with drugs and addiction and we were very close cause he was a pretty functioning addict for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not what people think of, you know, they think it's, there's so many ideas, you know, of what addicts are and, you know, so much stigma when it's just like, it's like an, you know, an alcoholic where people just don't know. Right. Um, but that definitely was a catalyst. I think for a lot of my, beginning stages of sobriety that in those beginning stages of sobriety I had to find something else mm-hmm. like I needed to put that energy somewhere and I didn't really have a lot of creative outlets
0: mm-hmm.
1: from I was pretty shut down from when I was I don't know probably 7 to 27 so you know I didn't I didn't have any of that happening for me at that time so it was definitely like I was hungry for an experience of God, an experience of what was beyond this world for sure. After losing somebody so close to you, it's obviously very traumatic and disorienting and it was sudden. So there was that kind of shock Mm -hmm. trauma element to it, but I I knew something in me like needed to change or that would be my path. And I also knew that that just wasn't true for me. You know, I knew that wasn't going to be the way I lived my life, but I also didn't really know anything else at the time. So Mm -hmm. for sure that kind of, sent me into doing a lot of yoga that then, you know, set me along that trajectory. I mean, I had, I was practicing yoga before that a little bit, but it definitely was more like, oh, I need to stop doing cocaine. Okay. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) And like being like, I need to stop doing drugs and, um, get my shit together in a certain way. And I think when you make that kind of decision, no matter how big or small you're confronted with a lot and you have to really figure out what to do with it. You have to almost replace your addictions with something, um, I think at least at first, to really get into a more healthful space.
0: Who were your first teachers on that path?
1: Well, my current partner now was one of my first Mm. teachers for sure, especially when it came to the the phase where I was going to India. Mm. He was the first person I went to India with and many years after that had gone. And I think Ram Das, like Baba Ramdas, was one of my first teachers. I didn't meet him for many years until after that, but the spiritual teacher, Ram Das, was definitely a huge influence because in high school, I did a lot of LSD, mm-hmm. like so much LSD mm-hmm. and like every day for like yeah. two years. like I used to take multiple hits to even for it to even work. like it was like wow. crazy pants, you know, but I also think that that helped me not do other drugs, you know, I think mm. that that kept me in that disassociative state that you go into. I think it actually really helped me in a lot of ways. It wasn't obviously sustainable, but yeah. that during that time and then meeting or finding Ram Dass's, you know, book, Be Here Now, it's like typical story most, a lot of spiritual <laughs> people have, um, but there's obviously something to it. There's something to that book right. and to the LSD and to the, the awakening, you know, that, you know, this was the nineties or whatever. It wasn't the sixties or the, you know, anymore, but It was definitely something that I was like, oh, I need a new way, you Mm -hmm. know, and and then that came back for sure many times um, because I had gone to on retreat with him. then at some point I got to meet him and it was huge. And then that was another big catalyst for me. Um, So, yeah, I would say they're definitely some of my first teachers and then just so many. I mean, yoga teachers and musicians and, you know, like artists. And I, I think like I was always drawn to the creative realm for inspiration on like what goes beyond this human suffering, even if it was made in the name of it, it still when it transcends it, you know, when you create something Mm -hmm. I think. And yeah. So there's so many, I mean, I feel like I wish I'm like trying to think now of like, Like music, you know, like artists that like saved right. my life, you know, like songs, like save your life, you know, Stevie Nicks, like, it's like, those are people that like, yeah, just in certain moments were just like, oh my gosh, totally punk rock music or, you know, yeah. they're not like literal teachers, like in the traditional form Maybe
0: companions, but for that leg of the
1: journey. Yeah. Or mentors, mentors and that yeah. or lineage, you know, one of my coaches calls it like our lineage. It's mm. like not just your human, um, or, or blood lineage, but that we have a lineage of mentors and healers and teachers. And they go all the way to like Beyonce, you know, has fucking yeah. changed your life at yeah. one point. Yeah. Like yeah. Beyonce is one of your part of your lineage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause yes. that informs who you are and like what informs how we remember what we really care about or what we came here to do, or, you know, it can obviously it doesn't. I love how you
0: said that. Remember what you really care about. How yeah, that that feels true about so many of the artists who cross our path. They're artists and writers, and and teachers, and people who don't know don't even think of themselves as teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, with some snark, I like to say everyone's an influencer, and I mm-hmm. hate that that is relegate You know, that title yeah. is given to only some because every person Mm -hmm. and artist and book and song that meets you at the right moment influences you and shapes you
1: yeah so it's fun because in this moment now I'm having this like flood of just like yeah just all these books and Mm. you know like JD Salinger and like so many things that just like and poets and you know it's like yeah it's like cool to think about that yeah how much how many teachers like we really have if we open up The door, you know, beyond what we think it to be in the traditional sense. Because, I mean, in the traditional education system, educational system, I, I'm always so inspired when people are like, oh, I had this teacher. And, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really remember any. I mean, obviously, I was taking yeah. acid every day. So it wasn't like <laughs> I was totally trying to find, like, some inspiration at school. <laughs> Clearly, I was just trying to get the fuck out of there. But even in college, I mean, I have a bachelor's degree. And I'm like, I don't fucking remember one of my teacher's names. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. But it was just that wasn't my my path. You know, I think because I am a mentor, I really value the educational system that is mentorship. Yeah. Like I really, I, and I think it's been around a lot longer than any educational system that we have currently. Mm-hmm. And I really believe in it because that's what actually taught me everything I know. I didn't really learn anything else in school until yeah. I started seeking out my own, mentors and, and cultivating what I wanted to learn based on what my passion was and what I felt like I needed at the time.
0: Right. And finding the community to support that and the community that is interested in the same Mm -hmm. things, which is also what I am drawn to in the way you approach your work is you, I was saying this as we were walking, you just have this beautiful, and you used this word, not me, but you were like, I'm just messy. And, and it's, it's very accessible. It's very welcoming. And uh, you do an excellent job of creating safe spaces. I got to sit in today on your um, death cafe gathering and saw how much that was impacting people. So uh, could you talk a little bit about what two things really what you discovered through all of your journeys or what you've discovered so far about like, the things that are key to you feeling like a fully alive present person on this planet what have, what would you say that really comes down to and how how are you helping other people to find that Hmm. that's a great question (laughs) big questions I love big questions I
1: like oh yeah I'm so open to big questions I think the thing that The most useful thing that I probably picked up along the way around what that means and how to embody being fully alive and Mm -hmm. being present is to continue to both seek the answers through asking questions Mm -hmm. and tossing out any ideas you might have about what it means to be present or Mm -hmm. what it means to be alive. Because I think that those are usually the things that need to get almost exercised or decolonized or uh, dismantled from Mm -hmm. our our bodies and our, you know, because it's not just our minds. It's not just like changing your beliefs, although that's a part of it for sure. But sometimes we don't even have the availability to change what we're thinking or to choose a different way because there's so much trauma in our body and Mm -hmm. our, our nervous system actually takes over and we can't control it all the time. Um, and so tending to that realm, too, I think has been really, really valuable for me. And, and like I said, mostly continually coming to that place where I could just throw it all into the fire regularly, mm-hmm. like literal fire, like write it down. Everything I think I know, everything I'm worried about, everything I want to know, yeah. but don't know and just offer it to the fire and, and, and ask to ask to know or to be informed mm-hmm. or to, to wake up in a certain way that I feel like I'm, I'm wanting. Um, it's a lot about questions and, you know, kind of that, that real poem of like, you know, living, I don't remember the exact words, but about, you know, asking the questions, but living into the answers, mm-hmm. like not being afraid to like not have yeah. the answer because the answer is only for the big questions, I think can only be lived into right there's not like you're not gonna get like a knock like mail that's gonna be like you just you know like became more accepting of your you know shitty behavior you had five years ago when you hurt that person you know what I mean like you're not gonna get any mail we should start sending mail (laughs) like that actually
0: that's a good (laughs) idea
1: wouldn't that be it's amazing true. if we just Could started sending each other letters? Like, a You are forgiven for all the shitty things you did five years ago that you don't want anybody to know. And you, you still hate to hear yourself it from for. someone else here and <laughs> and here it totally. is. Right. Because like that person's not necessarily supposed to forgive you, right. Right. <laughs> but you should still be forgiven. <laughs> Otherwise you're still going to be repeating those shitty behaviors. <laughs> yeah. Somebody so. needs to let you off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: be I like person. that.
1: <laughs> I think we should start doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I don't have enough. Try to do, Yeah. And start sending letters. But I guess letters to self, you know, that could always Mm -hmm. work. But yeah,
0: I think that that's a big part of it. So share a little bit about the different ways that you are coming alongside people right now, because I know you do several different things, but you really I met you on the retreat led by Mirror by Star and you were leading movement Mm -hmm. in the morning, which was not uh, it was unique and original to you. You Mm -hmm. have your. So. Share a little bit about that, how you approach it. Yeah, I mean, the movement that we were doing
1: together on retreat is called Body Temple Dance. And, you know, it it really is, it's a language, really, um, that has been built over many years of doing healing work both spiritually and somatically through you know trauma release work and even just learning about um somatic education like how our nervous systems actually work our physiology Mm -hmm. and like why we are the way we are like why do we perceive ourselves and the world to be certain ways and so much of that is dictated on our nervous system states and this is Mm -hmm. kind of new science and information that's coming out now so it's not like I mean, people could, are experts, I guess, in it, but it's still very new, you know, mm-hmm. but I also think it's, it's very valuable to gather in ways that both acknowledge that we are, we have a soul, like that there's some part of us that goes beyond the physical that, and, and at the same time, learning how to work with our physical being, mm. because we could know one, and it could be very. It could still be very difficult. Is what I found over the years of okay. doing spiritual work and healing is that we could be really in touch with the soul, but if we're meant to be in families, in homes, in relationships, in the world, it can still be very difficult to want to be in a body, um, yeah. you know, or just you know we spend. We're not taught how to deal with certain things like difficult emotions and conflict and um,
0: natural things and yeah. death and things we all deal with. So. Yeah. and in the spiritual community there can be an emphasis in some circles on transcending all yeah. of the body things right right <laughs> let's just skip past all of that unpleasantness yeah. and um, yeah and so Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that that's like
1: natural and I think it's necessary. Like I was saying about like creativity can give us that, right? Mm -hmm. Like being an artist can, if that's part of what happens, but it's only a part of it. It's also like there's another side of it that's called suffering that everybody experiences Mm -hmm. and what we do with that suffering within ourselves, but also how we can recognize that outside of us is really I think where the true satisfaction in this Mm. point of our evolution comes from because we get to actually love each other better you know and and not just like say it or want it but we actually learn what that means which is ugly it's not cute to like really learn how to love it's means you have to really look at how you hate and that hating Mm. is a part of loving Mm. you know that we don't really you know, we're definitely not taught, you know, we're taught a lot of binary things that in a world where yeah. I think there's so much more of a spectrum around everything. Right. So, yeah. So I love to gather people to dance and using, um, you know, singing and voice That's part of why I was like, you know, sharing with you, Krista, just how much like your, your voice and the song that you wrote on our mm-hmm. retreat, I was just like, Oh, I love this. You know, cause I'm <laughs> not a songwriter at all, but the voice and, and learning how to use my voice Um, to chant like as a spiritual practice for sure like changed my life I mean it's what began the connection between my mind and my body Mm. um it like was literally like my throat like my neck it was like part of that experience and bridging the gap between my mind and my my body or my mind and my heart um so I love to, yeah, gather people to sing even, and especially people that aren't singers and people yeah. that aren't dancers. And we have quite a few dancers that also do our work because they mm-hmm. also come from a world of feeling like judged and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're, you know, from your own probably experiences in, in um, entertainment mm-hmm. industries and, you know, the, those kind of environments where you're, you're supposed to be judged in a certain way. It's right. not just to like shit on it. Right. It's also like, well... Some people are meant to be like famous singers and And some people aren't. It's not like that that doesn't matter. There's just a truth to that. But we also know that that can become very toxic and very abusive even or unhelpful or just uh, oppressive, you know? So, so I think, um, yeah, it's really fun to create spaces where people can talk about these difficult things, but we don't have to just be like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we can admit that this is fucking horrible and This is amazing. At the same time, and and to hold the paradoxical nature of reality breaks our hearts, and so that's why it's difficult to do because it really does. And me saying those words doesn't do any justice on what it means to actually live through that, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But I think that that's kind of what many of us as artists and you know healers or just people that are here to help mend these little parts of the world that we can see are broken. um, What we're being asked to do,
0: right? One of the things that struck me um, on the retreat, I think it was the first day, is when you were leading, you said that you had been trained in these various forms of yoga, mm-hmm. which are great, but you said you got to a point where you're like, if I can't be allowed to move my body any way that I want to, I'm going to die. Yeah. And everything I've seen you lead makes so You go out of your way to say maybe try this. Mm. But if that doesn't work for you, if that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. right for you, then try a different way. How important is it? And what, Mm. you know, is that freedom? I I just think a lot of us, we replace, we, there's a tendency to replace one rigid way for a different rigid way, right? Mm -hmm. We find a new teacher and we Mm -hmm. want to mimic exactly. Yeah. With it. We want a new formula. Right, right. So how I do you kind help of people like to, fucking throwing out
1: the formula, yeah. or throwing out the map, and then coming back to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like...
0: How do you balance... How do you work with that? Yeah. I mean... You're like, very much a both-and person. Way even more... I consider myself... Both and like yeah. and, <laughs> and you I are needed. so
1: much more. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both in it. We're like, yes, and I'm like, no, but
0: that and and yes, no. Let's take it and, further. And, and, yeah, yeah. Like
1: forever. It's <laughs> infinite. Um yeah, because I'm like, well if I have to be all the way out here and like other people better come mm-hmm. too, you know. Um yeah, I mean it's interesting. I think part of it is just like again, like what I saw that I kind of saw the need for it. And mm-hmm. I think the more we become aware of trauma and how trauma actually dictates like our behaviors are the, why we do the things we do, how our addictions and, you know, everything, you know, our emotional abuse, all types of things mm-hmm. are like they're rooted in traumas that were stored in our system experiences and trauma. You know, one of my teachers, um, Peter Levine, you know, talks, talks about trauma more as like, it's not in the event it's in how it, our system, um, remembers that event or stores that energy of that event of what was happening in our nervous system at that time. So it's not so much about, you know, the events themselves, but how it's, they're still living in us today. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think the, the, the movement, like the nonlinear movement just came out of like, wow, like I was, really served for a long time by just like having this structured thing that just felt like solid. And like, this is how you do it. And this is the right way and this is the wrong way. And like, cause there's also truth to that it's kind of what we were just talking about, about singing. It's not like there's no truth to like, there is pitch and there's off pitch totally. And, but this, and then this doesn't mean that if you don't know what that is, you shouldn't fucking sing in the shower because it doesn't heal you. Right. But it's also like, well, if you're working therapeutically with someone's body, there's a certain way that you can move it to help it heal. And there's a certain way you could move it to actually exacerbate the injury. so it's not that those things don't matter and that's what's interesting these days is that I think that they're both again just really valuable but to not like what you were kind of coming back to what you were saying of like we can take that same mindset of like what we were taught how to be in school or something and then just apply that to whatever the next thing we're doing is where I think busting out of a lot of those molds at least for some time Mm -hmm. is so valuable and so necessary you Mm -hmm. know um And then at the same time, it's not like I'm just not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like I, people might not know. It might just seem like we're having a dance party and like, it's amazing and whatever. But like, I'm like, you know, I've. You're intentional. There's a There's countless of hours of study and into like somatic healing and so many things and so much that's actually happening. That's kind of freeing me up enough to like hold that space to help people listen to themselves because that's not just something that we are taught to do. And that's part of yeah. why I also do work with sexuality and sexual education for people with vaginas, because I think we really need that kind of support to say like, no, it is okay to get to know yeah. your own body. And um, it, it's really good and positive, you know, to, to learn about both the anatomy of your body, but how pleasure is something that you can literally take into your own hands that you don't mm-hmm. have to like wait for some, Fantasy or idea of something to manifest before you experience it because it's also just not the way it fucking works. Mm -hmm. It's like we've all been like duped, you know what I mean? It's like, well, (laughs) actually, it's kind of the opposite. If you really want something to happen, you experience it within yourself, and then you have way more of a chance of it happening. And yeah, it's just like this kind of thing that I think over years of doing this work, I've really seen, and it's difficult to because it's very humbling because you have to just constantly peel back all those layers of conditioning. And like I said, it's kind of a decolonization process of so many things.
0: So when you work with people, are you typically tackling all of these different facets of being alive, being human? <laughs> the, I Yeah. I mean, it seems weird and kind of crazy. Is that because they're all tied together? And yes. so you can't really start pulling one totally. thread without. Totally. Exactly.
1: And it's more just like helping in this phase. It's like helping people, and I'm included in that, see how they are connected because I'm learning Mm -hmm. by holding the space of saying, well, I can't talk about sexuality and pleasure and not talk about grief Mm -hmm. or anger because I know I've led enough people into an experience of their womb and had them come out the other side in rage or um, all types of experiences to know that these things are connected. And like, sure, maybe I read something about it that validates that. And that feels good, of course, because validation feels good. But I don't need that validation because I have human contact and I have for many years. I've worked with many people and it's been so beautiful because I really trust people's experience more than I trust anything that someone's just saying or someone is that someone writes about in a book that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I value that, you know, I value human, like I value your experience just as much as anything I can learn. Mm. So I think, um, yeah, these things are art like sex, death, even money. You know, I've come into that kind of realm, which right. I always definitely I didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> it was definitely like, Oh God, that's the last thing I want to do is like talk to people m- about money. But I also just saw how people in my communities that I was sharing this work with and doing teacher trainings with or friends, you know, all these beautiful people that were also then just struggling in this area. And I was like, and myself, right? Included. Mm -hmm. And anytime that's happening, I usually just, am like, I don't, that's my next area of like getting out my sword and I'm going to fucking figure (laughs) out like, why do we have so much unconsciousness in this area? And it needs to go like, (laughs) god damn it you know like we're gonna do this um and that's kind of what informs like my my personal growth and expansion but also like what I invest you know like my time in learning and 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 how then I'm sharing that with others because I'm really just sharing the things that I learn is what it feels like
0: yeah you're passing it on you're walking through it and then you're saying hey this is what I what I've experienced Mm -hmm. let's let me come alongside of you It's so beautiful. It's very inspiring. And you're inspiring to just to be with, be in your presence again as a gift. Um, So I always like to close with this one question in particular, Mm -hmm. um, which is simply, what do you really love about being Adriana? Mm. getting to be you in the world <laughs> what do you love about that I love well it's funny because
1: I oftentimes will say like I love being myself yeah. you know and I don't say that lightly I say that because I did not start there you know I mm-hmm. really have begun in the opposite place like truly like unexpressed completely inhibited like just really I was taught to really hate myself you know and, and in many ways as I think many of us are even whether we're conscious of it or not And so what I love about being me is I have a lot of fun. I think that my soul kind of chose this path where there's a lot of like, there's a lot of ancient wisdom that flows through and like I come in contact with, with teachers and mentors. Like I just have this blessed thing that happens where I get to like be around amazing people and teachers. Yeah. And I, you know, I get to meet so many amazing people or just anybody I meet, I think is amazing to be honest. It's just, I think that that's one of the, one of the biggest things that I feel so uh, grateful and 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 excited about being who I am because it's, I have a life that really permits and, and gives a lot of permission for fun and also depth, mm-hmm. um, which are two things that are just like so important to me for whatever reasons. I just feel like that's, My purpose. And, and, you know, it's like we all go through hard shit and we all have to deal with struggles in life. And, you know, we, we get to experience profound joy and ecstasy and orgasms and so many things that for each of us, they'll look different. The path will look different and the experiences will look different. But at the core, we get to be human. And that's such a precious, invaluable thing that, you know, we don't know how we got here, what the fuck we're doing, but we know that, like, it's fucking important because we can feel it. We can feel, like, we matter and and how all human beings matter and the earth matters. And, you know, we're here in this time to hopefully at least expand upon the truth of that a little bit more, you know, so... Mm -hmm. I love being myself when I'm yeah, able to it do it, awesome. which right now you're making it very easy. But of course, <laughs> I, like everyone else, have my own edges of yeah. when I'm not being myself. And I know how hard that is, too. So I, I have yeah. a lot of compassion for that, too. Yeah. But it is really fun it to, really to fun. be me. It
0: is really fun. <laughs> it is really fun to be ourselves. And I'm looking across the table and thinking, it must be really fun to be Adriana. <laughs> so thank you so much yes. for doing this with me. Thank you, Krista. So grateful. Well, the timing of this episode turned out to be perfect since Adriana's words about using her voice are so beautifully tied to my new single called The Voice. If you haven't heard it yet, I'd love for you to take a listen. The easiest way to learn more from and about Adriana is to follow Art of Loving on Instagram or visit her website, theloverecovery.com. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please take a second to share, subscribe, and leave a review. And I'll be back soon with another episode of Ways of Life.